Thanks for joining us for today's message. We encourage you to email us and let us know what God is currently doing in your life. Or if you'd like to support the ministry financially, you can do so here on our website. Right now, you're about to listen to a message from our current series. Thanks for tuning in today. Hebrews, the 11th chapter. We're going to begin there this morning. And of course, we've been just began a series on, on March for Miracles. We just declared, as we did a few years ago, that we're believing God this year for the supernatural in our lives. You know, it's interesting, um, again, just, uh, just little truths like this, I think, spark our expectation in God. Uh, the, uh, the, the number 17 in the Hebrew means total victory. We're in 2017, and I'm believing for total victory for every one of our members at Faith Family Church. Come on, give God praise for that. Total victory in whatever area you need. Now, there's a reason why in the Bible God recorded all the miracles that he did. It was, it was to inspire us to believe God for the impossible. As we know, Hebrews 11 one says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. God wanted his people, you and I included, to know that he is the true and living God. There's no other God besides him. And that he has a covenant with those of us. Uh, that have entered into covenant with him th uh, through what the Bible calls the new birth. And, uh, and that covenant promises every blessing in the word of God belongs to us. Uh, as you discover those truths in the word of God. And that those blessings uh, are, uh, that come from him uh, are, are, re are, are um, ours. We have access to them through something called faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And faith begins where the will of God is known. If you don't know what the word of God says, then it's impossible for you to have the faith uh, for the impossibilities in your life. How many have faced some impossibilities in your life since you've been a Christian? And, and uh, the Bible says that faith is a spiritual force that accesses God's promises to us on this side of eternity. Now, I'm going to give you a couple definitions of faith. Uh, if, if I may. Now, we know here faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Here's another, uh, uh, here's another uh, definition. Faith is a childlike trust in God that believes he will honor his word and make good on all that he's promised. So if you find a promise from God's word, for instance, Deuteronomy 28, verse 1 through 14, gives us uh, the promises that God gave Abraham, and those belong to you. Why do they belong to you? Because Galatians 3, 29 says, If you be Christ, then are you Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Now, this is a definition that I wrote down a few years ago, and um, Tina will put it up there for you. Faith is a spiritual force inherent in God's word given to whosoever believes. Raise your hand if you're a whosoever here this morning. Amen. Whosoever believes for the purpose of taking you from the realm of limitations to the, I, 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 oh, you can add this, to the unseen realm of no limitations. Into the realm where nothing is impossible, where all things are possible. That's the, if you want to write that down, leave it up there for a moment. It's the realm of impossibilities. That's where God reigns. He reigns, uh, he reigns in this realm called the miraculous. God is a miracle-working God. And, and you know that if you're born again, he did the greatest miracle ever on earth, and that he, he brought you from death to life. He took your dead spirit that was separated from him and he made it alive by the resurrection power of his spirit. Shout amen. Hallelujah. So God has always been a miracle working God. That's what the Bible's all about. All 66 books. 
So what is a miracle? We gave you some definitions two weeks ago. I'm going to rehearse those for you. A miracle is an effect or extraordinary event in the physical world that surpasses all human, known human or natural powers as is ascribed to a supernatural cause. For instance, when the Virgin Mary gave birth to the Word of God, uh, to the promise of God, to the redeeming power of God found in His Son, Jesus Christ, uh, that was supernatural. That was beyond human uh, ability. Uh, the Spirit of God came in, in with, with the faith of God that was in Mary and brought forth uh, the uh, Redeemer, Jesus Christ the Lord. Another definition, an event that appears inexplicable by the laws of nature and so is held to be supernatural in origin or an act of God. Hallelujah. The, uh, the, uh, the Hebrew means a signal or a sign, a beacon, a monument, and I like this, evidence. Evidence of what? That our creator God, by design, wanted to confirm to humanity that he is the only true and living God. There is no other. Uh, he's the, he's the life-giving God. He's the healing God. Amen. He's the forgiving God. He's the merciful God. Shout amen. amen. He, and the God who has our best interests at heart and who manifests his power and unlimited resources to that end. Every Old Testament miracle was God's sign to his people of his love for them and his devotion to them. Every... Uh, miraculous event was to become a memorial, a, a, a beacon to the future generations that God was with them and he was for them. Every New Testament miracle was God confirming that the same promises that belong to the Old Testament believer belong to the New Testament believer. That's why Jesus came into our, the world. He came into the world to show us the heart of the Father, to show us the love of the Father. That he is a good God, a kind God, a merciful God, a forgiving God. Can I have an amen? A God who provides, who cares every, about every aspect of your life, which we'll see by a few examples this morning. And those who are in covenant with God have access to this supernatural, um, uh, supernatural promises that are found in his word. Now, Psalm 77, I found this scripture. Now, a lot of times we think that all the Psalms were, was David. Uh, you know, David, right? He wrote a lot of psalms, but he didn't write this one. Uh, a man by the name of Asaph, he wrote this psalms. And here's what he said. I recall the many miracles he did for me so long ago. Those wonderful deeds are constantly in my thoughts. I cannot stop thinking about them. Oh, God, your ways are holy. Where is there any other as mighty as you? You are the God of miracles and wonders. Come on, everybody. Amen. Yeah. You still demonstrate your awesome power. You have redeemed us, who are the sons of Jacob and of Joseph, by your might. When the Red Sea saw you, how it feared. It trembled to its depths. The clouds poured down their rain. The thunder rolled and crackled in the sky. Your lightning flashed. There was thunder in the world, uh, whirlwind. The lightning lighted up the world. The earth trembled and shook. Your road led by a pathway through the sea, a pathway no one knew was there. You led your people along that road like a flock of sheep with Moses and Aaron as their shepherds. It's so beautiful to think about this. You know the story. God led them out of 430 years of captivity. Um, Moses, who is a type of Christ, was sent to Egypt, a type of the world, to Pharaoh, a type of Satan, to deliver his people from uh, uh, the torment of the devil. 
I don't know if you've ever been tormented by the devil, but it's no fun. I'd rather be blessed by God. Amen. And so he, he, led, he led them. Moses led them out. He led them out of Egypt. They went across the desert for a 10-day journey. They got to the Red Sea. And, and when they got to the Red uh, excuse me, not the 10-day, they just shortly left uh, just a few days into their journey, they came to the Red Sea. They had the army of Egypt coming after them. On one, uh, behind them, they had a mountain on one side, and they had the desert on the other side. And in the natural, there was no hope. But the Bible says God had a pathway that no one knew was there. See, God has a pathway for you that you may not know it's there, but God has it for you to get you out of every situation that you're facing in your life today. Come on, give God praise for that if you believe it, because that is the case. He's got a pathway for you. And though the first generation failed to reach their divine destiny because of unbelief, Joshua took the second generation in. They stayed in faith, and they reaped what God had promised. Hallelujah. I said, Hallelujah. See, at this time in your life, you may not know what your divine destiny is, or you may know what it is, but don't know how to get there, but God does. He has a way to, as you trust him, he will make a way where there is no way. This morning, I want to talk for a few moments about the supernatural provision for the journey. Uh, we are like the children of Israel, and whether we realize it or not, this world is a, like the wilderness, and we are journeying through it to a place called uh, heaven. To, uh, to reach our divine destiny. And so on our journey, we have to be like the children of Israel. If we're going to get there um, with God's blessing of provision and presence in our life, we're going to have to walk with him. Psalms 78. Now, I read 77. Now, I want to go back in the King James and read Psalm 78, if you want to turn there. In Psalm 78, again, uh, it's, it's Asaph that is, um, uh, or, or his name is Miskil of Asaph. He's writing this. He says this. Give ear, O my people, to my law. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. Verse um, uh, 4. We will not hide them, the words of, uh, uh, that we're declaring, uh, of God's, God's word. We will not hide them from their children, showing to the generation to come the praises of the Lord and his strength and his wonderful works that he has done. Now, you know, when I read this, I thought, see, God's plan is for you to take what he's done in your life and to impart it to your children and to your grandchildren. That God is a faithful God. That he's provided for you all through your life and they can trust God. Come on, everybody. See, I believe it grieves the heart of God when we don't hand down to the next generation the faithfulness of God and how good he is. And we can, we can be just like the children of Israel, the first generation. We can, we can begin to complain how hard the journey is, begin to, to, to uh, grind about how tough life is and grind about who, uh, this one and that one. Uh, this one's hurt me, that one's done this to me. We can talk about all the negativity of life and, and that affect our children or we can talk about how good God is and how faithful God is and so it inspires faith and obedience from our children to God. Can I have an Amen. This is what this is all about. I remember, you know, I, I don't, again, just for sake of time, just let me say, when we came to Sioux Falls uh, 36 years ago, this June, uh, and, um, and we came here by faith. We actually came in May, the last third week in May, we came here to Sioux Falls, and, and um, uh, uh, God sent us here uh, by divine direction, told us to come here. We pulled into town, and uh, we had a semi full of furniture that, um, that we had hauled down to, uh, to Tulsa. Now we're coming back from Tulsa, and we pulled into, uh, I just want to show you the goodness of God. We knew we were to come here, but, uh, you know, we, we didn't know how tough the journey would be, but we knew to come here, so we came here. 
And I pulled, I was driving the semi, Vicky was following me with the kids in the back in a station wagon, and I pulled off of, I'll never forget it, off of 26th in Cleveland. Uh, back then, I think it was, a, well, for sure it was a two-lane. Could have been gravel, I can't remember. And it's been so long ago. We pulled over, and there was a Hague Realty sign uh, there. It's still there today. The same place is still there. And I jumped out of my truck, and I walked in there, and, and a guy was... Uh, uh, he said, may I help you? I said, yeah. I said, I, I, I'm looking for a home. And he just perked up because, oh, yes, a sale. And, of course, we all perk up for sales, amen? And so, um, uh, so uh, I said, I'm looking for a house to rent. And his kind of countenance dropped. He goes, well, uh, we really don't have anything to rent. And I said, okay. And just like that, the phone rang. Uh, and this is, I'm telling you the truth. The phone rang at that very moment. He says, just a moment, sir. And so he picked up the phone, and I turned around to walk out because, I, well, you know, I'm wasting my time here. And as I'm walking towards the door, he said, uh, hold on, sir. Uh, sir, sir, excuse me, uh, come back here. I said, what? He said, you wouldn't believe this, but there's a guy on the phone that wants to rent his house. And, and his son just moved out, and he wants to rent it. I said, when is it available? He says, uh, when is it available, sir? It's available today. <laughs> Amen. Is the God good or what? Available today. Of course, my, you know, Amy was eight, Angie was four, Andy was six months old, and in two hours later, we were in a house. God immediately began to show us that he was going to take care of us. And I just want every one of you to know that 36 years later, God is still taking care of us. And see, he'll do the same for you because he's no respecter of persons. All he's looking for... All he's looking for out of your life is faith and obedience. Believe his word when it comes to provision. We'll look at some scriptures here this morning. He wants to take care of you. He loves to take care of you. He's a good father, and he wants to bless your life so he can brag, hallelujah, that he is a good God to the world that needs him. Can I have an amen? Let's read on. Uh, for, watch this. Verse 5, for he established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel, which he commanded our fathers that they should make them known to their children, that the generation to come might know them, those great miracles, even the children which should be born, who should arise and declare them to their children. So they just want, God said, keep talking, keep telling people how good I am, especially as your family. Let them know I'm faithful. Let them know I meet their every need. And so that my children and my great-grandchildren, praise God, will know it. Amen. That's exactly what he was talking about here. That, then, that they might set their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but keep his commandments. And might not be like and not be as their fathers. Watch this. A stubborn and rebellious generation, a generation that set not their heart aright and whose spirit was not set fast with God. The children of Ephraim, he's bringing this up because he's pretty ticked off about this. He said they were armed and they were carrying bows, but they turned back in the day of battle. They kept not the covenant of God and refused to walk in his law. And they forgot his works and his wonders that he had showed to them. Marvelous things he did in the sight of their fathers in the land of Egypt, in the field of Zoan. He divided the sea and caused them to pass through. He made the waters to stand as a heap. Hey, that's pretty cool. Wouldn't it be great if they'd have had their, their, their phones taking pictures? I got to send this one to some guys. This is really cool. Amen. He divided the sea, uh, verse, uh, verse 14. And in the daytime also he led them with a cloud. Why? Because it was hot in the desert. In the nighttime, he gave them a light of fire. A fire burned around them to keep them warm at nighttime. You talk about God caring for his people. 
Would you agree this is all supernatural? Amen. And the Bible says, he, I love this, he clave the rocks in wilderness and gave them drink as out of a great depth. He brought streams also out of the rock and caused waters to run down like rivers. So it wasn't just a trickle, so they just had enough to wet their lips. No, he gushed out abundance upon their lives because he wanted them to know that he was a good God and he cared about their life and wanted them to reach their divine destiny. Amen. And he wants you to reach your divine destiny today. Um, this was God's supernatural provision. Hallelujah. Now, will the next generation that you are a part of, that you influence, will they know the greatness of God in their lives? Uh, I mean, I'm telling you, we, uh, you can spend your entire life, if you're not careful, complaining about how tough life is, or you can put on a God attitude and let others hear how good God is. Amen. Can I have an amen? I think this is important. We know this. <clears throat> Isaiah 43, listen to this, verse 10. But you are my witnesses. Ah, O Israel, says the Lord, you are my servant. Of course, now we're sons, right, and daughters. You have been chosen to know me and believe in me and understand that I alone am God. What, what a privilege, and yet what a responsibility to let those around you, especially those that ask of you, hey, what about your life? What's going on? What an opportunity to introduce them to the only true and living God, the one who's faithful to his word. He goes on and says, there's no other God. There's never been, and there never will be. I, 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 yes, I am the Lord. There is no other Savior. First, I predicted your rescue. Then I saved you and proclaimed it to the world. No foreign God has ever done this. You are witnesses that I am the only God, says the Lord. From eternity to eternity, I am God. No one can snatch anyone out of my hand. No one can undo what I've done. It's true. No one can do what God has decreed. If God's decreed a promise to you, there's no one that can stop that from coming to pass except you. Except us. Amen. Children of Israel couldn't reach their divine destiny because when they got finally to that place where they were going to go in, the Bible says they murmured in their tents and God heard them. And God says, I'm going to give you exactly what you're confessing. And they died premature. They died falling short of God's best by just one day. 24 hours they could have been in there enjoying it. Yet they wandered in the wilderness for 40 years, not reaping God's best in their lives. How many want to reap God's best in your lives? Amen. Your part is to believe the word of God, to obey the word of God, and God will do the impossible. Isaiah 55, 11 says, My word which goes out of my mouth shall not return unto me void, but shall accomplish that which I please and prosper in the thing whereto it's sent. Of course, that is within your own spirit. Every story of God's supernatural provision recorded throughout the Bible are to remind us that his words of promised provision belong to us as much as, much as it belong to them. I mean, we see we're living right now in a place, uh, we're living in a place called the fruit of faith. 108 years ago, a man uh, walked on this ground and said, uh, sir, I don't, you know, I, I know you've called me to build a church. I, I, I can't do it, 
but I thank you that you will be the one who provides the means to do so. And God began to touch the hearts of people, a little congregation probably at that time, and yet God had the supply to finish this beautiful auditorium, praise God. And now God is providing the supply uh, for a beautiful atrium. I mean, God has made a place of worship for us to enjoy. And just looking around, you can see the goodness of God. Once you give God praise for that, it really is the goodness of God on display. So no one can undo what God has decreed. Amen. Let's back to Isaiah 43, verse 15. Now, I am the Lord your God. I am the Lord, your Holy One, Israel's creator and king. I am the Lord who opened a way through the waters, making a dry path through the sea. I called forth the mighty army of Egypt with all its chariots and horses. I, I did that. He said, I called them forth. I drew them beneath the waves and they drowned. Their lives snuffed out like a smoldering candle wick. But forget all that. It's nothing compared to what I'm going to do, for I'm about to do something new. See, I have already begun. Do you see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. He says, I will, I will do what I've always done. I will do the impossibilities in your life. I'll do what you can't do. God knows everything about your life. He knows every need that you have, and he cares about every aspect of your life. But what is required of you is to find out what he's promised in his word and for you to believe God and to act on it with your, with your faith. Can I have an amen? That's your part. He said, I'll do it for you. I'll take care of you. He promised that. He says, do you not see it? I'm going to ask you a question. What was required of Israel in regards to seeing it? They had to see it through the eye of faith, just like you and I. They had to see what he was promising. They had to see it. How many have ever shared a story with someone and, and they go, oh, now I see it. See, oh, yeah, now I see it. It's like a parent telling his children, we, uh, we are, I want you to know that we are going to Disney World. I, I want you to know that we're going. Not yet, but we're going in the future. When a child, like, in, a child in, his, in, his, in his childlike faith, he holds on to that and says, yes, my daddy made a promise, and we see it. And they go to the internet, and they see Mickey Mouse, and they see Minnie, and all the other goofies. And they get all excited because they believe daddy's word. They don't let go of it. Praise God. That's the way faith is. It's you trusting God. You looking to God. Today we live in a, a, a welfare mentality. What's the government going to do for me? You know, I love what Kennedy said years ago. That's not what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. Amen. God wants you to trust in him. He doesn't want you to trust in the arm of the flesh. The Bible says in Jeremiah 17 that those that trust in the arm of the flesh... Uh, are cursed, but those who trust in the arm of God are blessed. Hallelujah. So God wants you to trust in him. Amen. Look up and say, God, I trust in you. Amen. That's what he wants from you. He wants, he wants the faith that he placed inside of you to be activated by your obedience to his word. I see what you are saying. Amen. Hebrews eleven six 6 says, um, he that comes to God must believe that God is that God is. He is your provision. He is your healer. He is your, he's your strength. Whatever, he's your peace. He's your confidence. He's your hope. Amen. Must believe that God is and that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. 
In the book of Matthew, just give you a couple of stories here, and we're going to wind down. The book of Matthew, the uh, gospel, there's a, a great story, and that is that one day Jesus gathered, or a bunch of people gathered around Jesus. How many? What well, says that there were four thousand besides men, women, or besides women and children? So there might have been ten to twelve thousand. That's not a bad congregation. That's not a bad size. Ten to twelve thousand people, and they're all sitting around grass, listening to him preach the gospel, and he preached for three days. Three days. Would you all agree that they were hungry for the things of God? They stayed with him for three days. And at the end of three days, uh, he said, well, I'm done. Uh, <laughs> I'm done for today. <laughs> I've shared enough. And he's sending the people home. But he was concerned because he said, man, these people haven't eaten. And they're, they're going to be weak. We need to feed them. And he asked the disciples, he asked the disciples, um, uh, where, where could, uh, where, let's feed them. And they said, where could we get enough bread in this remote place to feed such a crowd? And Jesus said, well, how many loaves do you have? He didn't say, how many loaves do we have? He says, how many loaves do you have? See, sometimes in your life, you think you just have a little. But when it comes to things of God, it's big. It can be big. I'm telling you, a testimony, sometimes, you know, you just simply uh, uh, overlook the fact that God... Uh, because he's done great things in your life, it may not be that big a deal, but it is to somebody who's never heard from God. He said, what, what do you have? How many loaves do you have? <clears throat> and they said, well, we have seven and a few small fish. So he told the crowd to sit down on the ground. Then he took the seven loaves uh, and the fish, and when he had given thanks, he broke them and gave them to the disciples, and they in turn to the people. And I love this statement. And they all ate and were satisfied. So I just want to show you that there, there, was, there was supernatural provision for people who hungered after the things of God. Remember Matthew 6? He said, seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all the things that, which all the, things that the world seeks after will be added unto you. That's why you're here today. You're here because you want to hear from God. You, you want to receive the spiritual sustenance from God that will carry you through this week and, and help you, praise God, as you trust in him. So Malachi 4, 6 says, I am the Lord, I change not. And then Hebrews 13, 8 says, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So Jesus just proved to us right here that if we'll keep his word before us and keep his word in us, that everything else that you need in life will be provided for. So you can just rest in God today. You can trust God today that um, whatever happened last week is behind you, but you can expect that good things are going to happen this coming week. Hallelujah. Because you're trusting in God. Matthew 17, I love, just little stories. Matthew 17, there's a story about um, the, uh, uh, Peter and Jesus uh, were confronted by the Pharisees regarding taxes. Here's what it says. On their arrival in Capernaum, the collectors of the temple tax came to Peter and asked him, doesn't your teacher pay the temple tax? Yes, he does, replied Peter. Then he went into the house, but before he had a chance to speak, Jesus asked him, what do you think, Peter? Do kings tax their own people or the people they have conquered? They tax the people they have conquered, Peter replied. When I read that, I thought, isn't that something? That's how distorted we've become in our nation. Everybody comes into our nation from other nations. They get free health care. They get free schooling. They get everything free, and you and I are taxed to death. See, and if you're not careful, your warped mind will think that's the normal. Well, moving on, I'm done politicizing the scriptures. Isn't that something how crazy we think? 
Then we got Hollywood out there. I think this is amazing. Hollywood, these idiots are worth millions of dollars. Do you think they'd give their money away? Not enough. Not a chance. Not a chance. They're hypocrites like their father, the devil. I thought that was interesting. They tax the people they have conquered. People, Peter replied, well, then, Jesus, uh, the citizens are free. However, we don't want to offend them, so go down to the lake and throw in, the, throw in a line, open the mouth of the first fish you catch, and you will find a large silver coin. And all this part, take it and pay the tax for both of us. <laughs> so even God, he cares about just the little things in your life. Amen. Even income tax. As much as we hate to pay it, we get to pay it because we're prospering. All right, praise the Lord. Jesus said, take no thought for your life. Matthew 6, don't take thought for your life. What you're going to eat, what you're going to drink, and what you're going to wear. Don't, don't, don't worry about that. Don't take thought about that. But rather seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. All the things, that, all the, things the natural things you need, they're small in the mind of God. I mean, they're small in, 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 in comparison to the bigger things he's got for you to do. How many want to do the big things for God? But then you trust him with the natural things. He'll take care of you. He'll bless your life. How many have been blessed since you've been serving God? Raise your hand. You've been blessed since you've been serving God. Amen. And he will continue to bless you. You've got to trust in him. Don't trust in, in your, your giftings. Don't trust in your talents. Don't trust in your giftings. You, you trust in God. Put, put him to the test through your, through your faith and obedience. Every week we gather to worship our Lord. And it's such a miracle from God that we're able to hear what he's got to say to us and, and receive it into our hearts so that we can be doers of it. Isn't it a miracle that we can see and understand the things of God? It really is. A part of our worship is that, that we do in this house is that we just did a little bit ago and we're going to do again. Part of it is that we bring our tithes and our offerings. We bring our tithes to the storehouse because that's what he told us to do as far as he said, I want 10%. What that's going to do is 10% of what you give, you're going to give me access back into your life to bless your life. Aren't you glad that God is so great? Think about 10%. Think about 10%. He didn't say 90%. Maybe we should just change that for a few weeks. Bring 90% of your income to the house of God and live on 10%. But I bet you some of you would love to get to a place where you're, you're, you're living on 30% and giving 70%. Because you're getting so much coming in. Amen? Say, I mean, God is so good. But that's what he said. And then he, he said, of course, he told the church, uh, told the Old Testament believers in Malachi that they were, they were thieves. They were stealing from him. And they didn't know where they were stealing from him. They had so departed from the scriptures that they didn't know how lost they were. He said, you've, you've stolen me uh, in the tithes and offerings. He said, so return them to me. Return them to me. Why? Because that is your key to financial success in your life. Vicki did quote that early this morning, Joshua 1.8. It says, he told Joshua, uh, thou shalt meditate in my word day and night. That you, here's the key. That you may observe to do all that's written therein. Then you'll make your way prosperous. Then you'll have good success. It's just not good enough to know. You have to obey what you know. Amen. I mean, that's what, right? I mean, you have to, whether that's loving your wife, disciplining your children, being the example as a spiritual leader of your home, beginning with us men. It's, that's, that's, it, every blessing of God is preceded by a command. It's, it's preceded by something that you have to do in your life. 
And you come to church, you lift your hands, you worship God, hallelujah. Why? Because you're trusting him that he's going to give you what you need today for your life. Because you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. He does, and he'll prepare you for it spiritually so that you can overcome it. Amen? So, God has promised supernatural provision all through the scriptures in your life. Supernat say supernatural provision. Supernatural. That means that's something beyond the natural he wants to bless you with. He wants to increase you, praise God. He does. We want to pay off the atrium. How do we do that? We rob a bank. Oh, no, no, excuse me. No, we trust God. We look to God. We, we, we're asking him, God, bless me so that I can be a blessing in the church that you have set me in. Amen. That's what, he's, that's what he wants you to do. He wants you to put your faith to work. Hallelujah. So every miracle having to do with the supernatural provision in the Bible, faith and obedience was always required. Faith and obedience was Abraham's key to becoming successful and rich, Genesis 13. Isaac reaped a hundredfold return in the year of drought in Genesis 26. And Jehoshaphat found himself in the valley of Baraka. It's the valley of blessing because he obeyed God. He trusted God and obeyed. Remember he sent the singers ahead and... Um, that was one day that probably some of those singers said, you know, I can't sing. <laughs> he sent the singers ahead, praise God, and God said ambushments. Read that in 2 Chronicles 20. It's such a beautiful story because God will do the same for you. He'll set ambushments up against your enemies so they cannot defeat you. Amen. Final scripture, Philippians 4. Paul writing to the believers, he said this. Moreover, as you Philippians know, in the early days of your acquaintance with the gospel, when I set out for Macedonia, not one church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving, except you only. Think about that. This man wrote two-thirds of the gospel. He still didn't have respect from the church like he should have. Amazing. He says, for even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent me aid again and again when I was in need. Not that I am looking for a gift, and this is true for Pastor Vicky and I and our staff, we're not looking for a gift. He goes, I am looking for what may be credited to your account. Hallelujah. To your account. I've received full payment and even more. I'm aptly supplied. Now that I've received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent, they are a fragrant offering and acceptable sacrifice, even pleasing to the Father. And my God will meet all your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. Can you see what God is saying? Will you dare trust him? Will you dare trust him? I would love to see Faith Family Church up in the 90% area of people giving at Faith Family. 90%. We could do so much more. Vicki and I are going to share some things with you in regards to the missions that we're doing because we're going to receive a missions offering today. But even before we do that, I want to pray for you this morning. I want to pray for you that you will right now set in your heart that you're going to trust God for the supernatural provision that he's promised in his word for you. If God gave it to the Old Testament believers, how much more will he give it to the New Testament believers? Can I have an amen? It's interesting. Uh, this year uh, for Israel, it's the year of Jubilee. Now, the year of Jubilee happened every 50 years. And every 50 years, it's really neat. Every 50 years, if you lost your land to someone because of a crisis situation, they, that land had to go back to its original owner. If you had debt in your life, let's say you were in a major crisis debt-wise, that debt was canceled. Is that awesome? How many would like some debt cancellation in your life? I would, absolutely. Amen. Praise God. 
Somebody writes a check out and pays for your house. Somebody writes a check out and pays for your car. Amen. Amen. See, somebody, I know you would want that to happen to you, but how many would like to do that for someone else? Raise your hand. You'd like to do that for someone else. Well, you can if you don't have it. So God wants to increase you. I want you to get that spirit of expectation this year. That this year, and I, I say that a lot to the businessmen in our church, this year, believe that it'll be the best year of your life in business. The best year. You believe that. Or you say, oh, last year we had a tough, doesn't matter, last year's gone. This is a new year and God's word never changes. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Can I have an amen? Thank you for listening to today's message. We'd love for you to join us for our Sunday morning services at 10 o'clock. We also have what we call School of the Bible on Wednesday nights from 7 to 8. Thanks again for listening. Have a great day.